Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. Um, today, my guest is Alan McKenzie. This is um, a person I know in real life. And obviously, Alan has a particular area of interest, which I'm going to bring to, to introduce to you all. I'm going to read his bio, which is, Alan McKenzie is a consultant who has specialised in the area of online safety for over 11 years within education. Speaking in hundreds of schools and conferences every year, Alan is passionate about the positive and appropriate use of technology and the huge benefits that can be realised through global connectivity and collaboration. He believes that good digital skills are vital in order to help children and young people embrace the wonderful opportunities whilst mitigating the risks. This means not teaching with fear and scary stories, but realistic advice, guidance and non-judgmental support. This advice and guidance needs to be extended to staff and importantly to parents too, which I will add is is about why we're doing the podcast. Um, Whilst Alan also provides training to staff and parents, he also produces the free half-termly magazine Ditto in order to keep staff and parents up to date with new and emerging issues, uh, for which I can say that it's a fantastic resource and there's always uh, superb information in it from quite a number of us who are kind of doing the research as and when we do. Mm. Um, so to begin with, Alan, why, why do you do what you do? Hi, Kath. Um, an interesting question. Um, back in about, uh, about 2005, um, I retired from the I was in um, at the time, and um, I initially started working secondary school as the uh, as the service manager as it was known at the time uh, in that uh, in a city pretty large uh, secondary school um, and then went to work for the local authority so essentially doing pretty much the same thing but instead of just for one school it was for about 350 360 schools mm-hmm. uh, and at the time it wasn't um, it wasn't a technical hands-on job it was more about uh, managing the IT infrastructure in regards to the, the contracts and how outside IT providers were, were supporting their schools and then intervening, you know, if, if necessary, and all that sort of thing. But it was around the time, pretty much, when uh, local safeguarding, uh, local safeguarding children's boards came uh, online, mm. uh, and of course, CEOP as well, Child Exploitation Online Protection Centre. It was quite funny um, because I was uh, quite friendly with the LCB, obviously, because of the job uh, that I did at the time. And uh, one day, the, uh, the, the the manager of the LSCB came through to my office and said, uh, Alan, I've just been told I've got this responsibility for this thing called e-safety. She said, and um, I've got no idea what it is. And she said, can you do it for me? And I said, yes. And uh, not really knowing what it was myself at the time mm-hmm. either. And, and that really was the start of what I did. Um, I initially started looking into it, looking deeper into what well, what is this this whole online you know, risk and issue, and of course the opportunities and everything as well. At the time, all we had was CEOP, which was the obvious child exploitation part of everything. Yeah. And uh, they literally just started running their ambassador courses, uh, two-day courses at the time. Mm-hmm. So I went out to London, did the course. It was extraordinarily good, you know, very, very empowering. Um, and then it was a case of, from a local, a local authority perspective, how on earth do we get this out to schools, to parents, the third sector, you know, the charities and such like, in a way which they can can grasp 
you know, it, which was basically in, in an age where people were using technology but not really understanding it too much. Um, I also was considering, even back in, in those early days, some of the resources, some of the very early resources that were coming, that, that were coming out were, were really quite scaremongering in, in nature. That, no. that wasn't the intention of it. The, yeah. the intention was good. It, it was using the knowledge we had at the time. Um, and I started to question quite early on, you, you know, s scaring people isn't the best way of making an impact, or it is an impact, but it's not a positive impact, you know. Yeah. It's not a case that, that people will actually learn through that type of education, regardless of whether they're a child um, or, or an adult. Um, to, to cut a long story short, um, my, my time at the local authority came to an end at, at my choice. Um, I wanted, I, I became less passionate about the, the service management uh, contractual type of uh, job that I was doing and started to become really, really passionate uh, about the, the, the children's side of it, in other words, the, the safety side of it. Um, and really, I, I wanted the, the, the scope to do more. I wanted mm -hmm. to do things in the way that I believed rather than in the way that others believed that, you know, it should be done. And, and in a nutshell, that's, that's why I, I became independent. Uh, yeah. and that's why I, I, I do what, what I do. So uh, a long story, you know, very, very short, but it was for all, for me, it was just all about, um, I wanted to tackle things my way. You know, that was the thing. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, uh, uh, just thinking of two questions um, before we go on to kind of the, the topic that we considered for this podcast. Um, do you think we're still using technology without understanding the implications of it? And secondly, do you think we're still using resources that are scaremongering? Because they're, they're the two things I've picked up on your, your story. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes to do. Uh, yes to both. Um, yeah. Are we still using technology without realising the implications? I, th I think we always will. Um, I mean, you know better than I do, Kath, that, that research in, in these sorts of areas takes years and years and years before you can even understand the basics uh, mm -hmm. of that sort of thing. We're, yeah. we're starting to see some, some great emerging research come, come out now, but this, this is just the start of that. You know, as a teacher said to me a few months ago, she was absolutely right when she said, this, this whole online safety thing, we're still in infant school, and, and we are. Yeah, we absolutely are in regards to, to that. But we're doing our best, all of us. We're, we're doing our best with the knowledge we've got. Um, and I think that's the trouble, is that technology really does move on at such a pace that our understanding of risks, opportunities, um, impact, positive behaviours, and all the rest of it will always, always drag behind. Um, yeah. So all we can do is... Um, just do better. I think I think that's pretty much a strap line I work to. It's not about doing more, it's about doing better, keeping up with the good people that are out there in regards to what they're doing, you know, research and, and everything else, such as you, you could self, you know, for example, you know, the stuff that you do is vital to the job that, that I do to inform me when I go into schools, the way I talk, why I talk about, you know, etc. etc. Yeah. Um, so we will always play catch up on this, but we can only do our best, and and, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. Remind me the second question again. Um, it was, are we scaremongering? Yeah, yeah, we we are, um, and that's not with bad intentions. It it is, it's always done with with good intentions. You know, um, 
because there's always a thought process that if something is really, really hard hitting, then surely it must have a bigger impact. Um, well, it might have a bigger impact, but the implications of where that has a negative impact are not always known. You know, for example, you know, quite a traumatic video shown in an assembly of 600 pupils. Um, the, the, there's, you know, there's, there's good evidence to suggest that a good percentage of those pupils will have been abused in some way in the past. Yeah. So are we re-traumatizing them by showing them a, a, an, you know, a, an impactful video like that? Probably yes. You know, um, and for me, that is just not the way to do it. I, I know for a fact, for example, if I was to go and speak to a, 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 a class of year sixes, for example, uh, and you know, scare them about stranger danger and all, all the rest of it, they, they won't listen to me, or they'll listen to me, but as soon as they leave the classroom or I leave the classroom, mm. you know, the, 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 that, that information has already gone. But if I engage with them and we have fun and we learn things you know, as, as part of that fun experience, then they'll remember it. You know, that, and that's yeah. the thing. Absolutely. I think I had a little bit of a leading question there because obviously I think, you know, my, my views and opinions on um, the, the idea of traumatic videos um, mm. and, and I sit with the, it didn't work for drugs, you know, when Nancy Reagan came out with Just Say No, yeah. here we are, 2017 and we've still got a drug problem around the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. So going back to your um, kind of going into schools, I think so so you do visit quite a lot of schools um and when when you go in how do how do you begin to build a relationship with these children to be able to do the teaching and and kind of getting the message across without it being a regurgitated waggy finger you know just say no approach a lot of it does depend on the age um of yeah. the uh, of the students to be perfectly honest um and it's 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 really about the approach. You've got to bear in mind, I work all over England and other places as well. So the kids don't know me, you know, for a lot of them, those kids are never going to see me again. They'll see me for that one, one hour session or whatever it is. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So the, the onus is on me um, to, to be as, as honest and as open as I can with them. Um, not, not to be the friend that that's, that's the wrong thing to say. I'm not there to be their friend but it's to make clear to them that I, I'm not there to scare them. I'm there to help them. I'm there to yeah. support them. So, yeah. for example, with, uh, with primary uh, children, they're, they're pretty, be pretty easy, to be honest. Um, you can always have fun. Uh, you can have a laugh and a joke with them. You can get them engaging. You can get them talking. If you're talking about things like YouTube and their games and you know, other experiences that they have online, um, sometimes you can't get them to stop talking they, they they're just thirsty to tell you more about their experiences yeah. and then as part of those very uh, engaging discussions you can inject you know some of the important messages as, as a part of those conversations uh, and so that it, it's a win-win on both sides so for me I'm learning things from the children. The teachers are learning things about their children, the things that they may not not actually know. Yeah. As a part of that, um, I'm using my knowledge in some, you know, I suppose specialist areas where I can hopefully have an impact on the actual things that they are doing at home. And what I mean by that is that I don't use things like cartoons and animations with particularly Key Stage 2 because uh, I want to talk to them about 
you know, I want to talk to them about YouTube because that's a massive part of children's lives. I want to talk yeah. to them about their games. I can still inject the safeguarding, the safety, the digital citizenship type messages into those very discussions. And if I'm talking about things that they're actually doing at home, then hopefully they replicate what they've learned in the classroom back at home for those essential real life experiences. With the older children, it can sometimes be quite difficult, particularly once you, once you start getting up into, into year nine. Um, uh, and especially if it's a, a really big assembly, uh, mm -hmm. having you know, five, six, seven hundred uh, students as a part of that. Um, I, I simply make it very clear to them from the start that I'm not there to tell them what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not there to tell them how to live their lives. I'm there to support and guide them in some real world issues that, 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 that we're seeing. And even if it's not for them, it might be for their little brother, their little sister, their cousin, their friend, you know, so it's not always just about them, it's about their social circles, their, their family circles as well. So I try to come across in, in a very positive uh, way for them. And for the most part, I, I think they get it. You know, the feedback I get is that, you know, once they hear that I'm not there to point the finger at them, tell them all that they're doing something wrong and they're all getting into risk and they're going to come to harm, mm -hmm. you know, that, that pretty much seals it there. And the feedback I get is, you know, they've they found those sorts of talks quite, quite empowering. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think the teachers learn from you then when you're... Uh, so I'm, I'm just hearing, and I've got this imaginary picture in my head at the minute, you stood talking to maybe, I don't know, year threes and then year 11s, so just a broad spectrum there slightly. Um, what do you think the teachers learn about their the, the, their pupils' behaviours, their students' behaviours? Um, and, and do you find that the teachers are quite often surprised at what children engage in online? Yeah, they, they, they can be. Um, <clears throat> they can be quite surprised. Um, and, and it's through no fault of the teachers uh, at all. You know, the, the, the school life is... is it's under so much pressure within, you know, in other subject areas. How do you prioritise the priorities? So teachers can't always have those those very open and engaging discussions. That that's why I come in to, to, to fill that gap, um, in some way. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, the teacher, the, the feedback from the teachers, whether it's in conversations in the staff room or it's an email after, after the visit, they'll say, you know, I just didn't know that. That really gives me information to move forward so I can embed other, you know, issues into the curriculum. So mm -hmm. part, of, part of what I do, if I'm in smaller groups, for example, in a primary or if I'm in class groups in a secondary, um, is that I, I try to uh, be engaging in a way in which I'm trying to identify the gaps in knowledge, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So identifying the gaps in knowledge does, does two things. One, for me, sometimes it gives me a complete re-steer on that particular conversation we're having. So the whole PowerPoint goes out the window, the whole talk goes out the window. A student has said something, the other students have... Um, I suppose, agreed with what that person has said and therefore a conversation, a particularly risky situation has been identified, the conversation needs to completely change and hone in on that particular activity. Um, so for me, that's a good thing. I've identified a gap and I, and I can use my knowledge to, to help out with that. Also, as part of identifying those gaps in knowledge, it gives the teachers um, 
essentially strategies so that they can do further work you know in in the future uh, and quite often what i'll do is you know i'll get together with a member of staff if they've got time mm-hmm. identify whether were those gaps in knowledge or whether a student has said something which is quite concerning and then i'll work with them to say right this is now what you can do in the future over the, you know, the, the next half term or whatever it is to to help some more with that particular topic yeah it sounds pretty pretty much organic, but at the same time, I'm also hearing that idea of um, if teachers didn't know, this is a way they do know. Mm. Um, so what what do you reckon? Obviously, we have our own ideas on this, um, and I'm not so sure that we're we're doing anything other than catch up. Mm. But what what do you reckon we could be doing to uh, educate the teachers so that they are aware of the issues? Because I'm I'm just thinking about when I. When I have been in and around uh, classrooms and so on, there is this, I know what most of the children are doing because I research it, but the Mm. teachers don't know. But then there's also this silence where maybe what they do do is spoken about in a very different way. So I tend to say when we were younger, we gossiped in the classroom and the teachers would hear it. Mm. Nowadays, it tends to be texted around or sent on messenger. Mm. So the teachers are not picking up perhaps on on the behaviors of their students mm. how, how do you think they can educate themselves obviously apart from reading ditto which is one of the reasons <laughs> it's written um firstly keep it simple keep it real that's that that's you know uh, yeah I, I see so many people uh resources that, that are used which are really quite complicated uh they, they go into a lot of depth and you know in for, for example in a 50-minute lesson it's trying to cover six seven eight nine ten particular topic <coughs> areas you yeah. can't do that one topic two topics at a maximum and keeping it simple and actually the, the best way to learn about what the children or the young people are talking about is to ask them ask them directly you yeah. know i mean a class an absolutely classic example that you see almost every other day at the moment and you'll know this Kath it's it's something that's pushed out by by the the police and and local authorities and it's in the newspapers every other day and it's it's the the the, the secret sexting language of children what a complete and utter load of rubbish shall we say it's it has never been a thing um and it never will be a thing kids don't have a secret language they they just use different text speak to what we use for example yeah there's slang language that slang language changes from county to county from a city to a rural area yeah. it is not a secret sexting language you know at all yeah. so don't listen to the things you know that, that you're seeing out there first of all listen to the kids you know that's that's the big one and the only way you can listen to them is, is if you ask them you know, ask them, uh, and, and you get a lot of knowledge. You know, they, I, I found throughout the years that the kids genuinely do want to talk about these things. They want a voice. They, they want to be heard. They want us adults to understand what they're going through. Uh, and we can only understand by listening to them and, and asking yeah. those, you know, fairly open-ended questions to, to get them talking. A lot of that is about the confidence, that if they got confidence to be able to, approach you in that manner for example if um you know if somebody goes into a school and i've actually seen this done uh, if somebody goes into a school to speak with mm-hmm. say, year nines for example and the first thing that comes mm-hmm. out of their mouth is 
I don't use social media. I'm too old to use that sort of thing. But I'm here to talk to you about the dangers of social media. Well, kiss that lesson goodbye because at that moment, the kids have switched off. You know, yeah. that, that's just not going to happen. And so listen to the, you know, to the kids. And if you can, use the things as well. Have a go at Snapchat. Have a go at Instagram. Yep. Delete it off your phone the next day, but have a go at it, you know, yep. and just try yep. it out for yourself. You might think it's a load of rubbish, you know. You might actually think it's a lot of fun, but at least have a go. Yeah, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so agreeing with you there. Um, so for, uh, obviously, apart from the fact I'm saying yes, I am nodding like one of those dogs on the back of the, the, the um, back of the car at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I think, Alan, what I, what I often say to people is when people say, but I'm not tech savvy, I say, so get tech savvy. Yeah. It's not an option anymore. And um, the other thing that I find quite fascinating is people who say they're, they're not part of this generation. And I say, yeah. but you use Facebook. You are exactly the same as the youth of today you yeah. are do, you know you are doing exactly the same as the youth there is no um uh, and, and i particularly um dislike words like millennials and generation z and generation igen and all the all the other names that we give to youth yeah, actually yeah. they're adolescents <clears throat> or children they're no different to what we did when we were younger and and this is just a different way of communicating with a more um technical platform so, so there's, there's... In a way, I mean, a couple of things on that. The, the whole, um, spookily enough, just before coming on here, I've just been trying to, to weave my way through the, uh, the, the government's new green paper, the Internet yeah. Safety Strategy um, paper. <coughs> and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I nearly threw it in the bin at the first mention of Digital Native because um, it mentioned in there, and it took me by surprise, I have to say. I, I thought we were past that, that point. And, you know, and, and whenever I see that, I think to myself, so, so digital natives, so kids have grown up with this. What have happened to us adults then? Have we all fallen asleep for the last 10 or 15 years <clears throat> and all of a sudden our kids have become tech savvy and, and all of a sudden we've just woken up and said, I know nothing about technology. The way I always look at it is I drive a car. I can't take an engine apart, but I know how to use a car and I know how to drive, you know, but I don't know the internal workings of a combustion engine. You know, it's not about being tech savvy. We all use tech. Everyone uses a smartphone or a tablet yeah. to a different ability and experience level. That's not an excuse to say you can't understand online safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, the, the digital natives, I'm sure you know, because um, what was the – I, I have a, the sarcasm around um, we don't say toaster native, we don't say <laughs> we're, we're not kitchen natives, yeah. neither are we kitchen immigrants. Yeah. There, is, there is something about the language that we use which makes technology sound like it's really um, evil or, or we won't understand it, and actually yeah. that's kind of what we're doing here, Yeah, I suppose, yeah. is, is – I, I'm hoping that the whole remit of this podcast will be about people getting uh, educated views, not you know, not academic and academic mm. language, because um, we could do that separate to this and, and take lots more time over it. But there's something here about how we bring this information to the teachers, the parents, and, and for it to be passed around with it with it being um, knowledgeable, not scaremongering, but actually realistic. Mm. Um, so when when you were talking about schools I was thinking is there is there a way you could give us an example and then that might give a teacher a bit more of a um an understanding about what happens when you go in and teach a lesson um you know whether it was a safeguarding issue or or maybe maybe a cause for concern yeah yeah absolutely I mean the, the, the whole 
I, I suppose the, the overarching umbrella has always got to be the safeguarding aspects, you know. Although we we, all, we know that it's far, far more than, than safeguarding, safeguarding is of prime importance. So, and so we always have to cover those, those particular areas. Um, so say for example, I don't know, let's take a, let's take a year four example. Um, so year fours, I'll do a variety of things um, with them, but uh, let's say we start talking about YouTube. You know, I'll first of all start asking them about who uses YouTube. I, I pretty much guarantee 95 to 98% of hands will go up that they're on YouTube almost on a daily basis. That's great because you can engage them in a platform that they already know. Um, and so what you're trying to do is get them to talk about their YouTube experiences as a part of that. So really, really simple. That's what I said, you know, keep it simple, keep it mm -hmm. real. What yeah. channels do you watch? You know, um, for example, you know, they, they might say Five Nights at Freddy's. You, they might say PewDiePie. They might say something like that. And teacher will go, well, never heard of them. Yeah. That's good. Now you can go away and watch them. And you watch those PewDiePie videos and you tell me whether that cutesy name is actually appropriate for children all of its homophobic and racist comments that he comes out with. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's really good information, really good intelligence um, for the school. But by talking about it, you've got them excited. Somebody wants to talk to us about YouTube and you know and not tell us off in, yeah. in some ways. Um, and so I'll I'll ask them. Um, I'll, sh I'll show them a YouTube funny video. I'll show them my favourite funny video off YouTube and get them howling and screaming with laughter. You know, and, and that engages them even more. Um, and then I'll, I'll maybe ask them how many of them have got their own YouTube channel and how many of them record videos and what do they record? What are they posting online and how often do they post it? Using those simple questions, I can then go into other topics such as, you know, bullying, inappropriate remarks, um, uh, rude remarks, you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. so you're covering aspects of the required curriculum, talking about YouTube, uh, of all things. Um, and sometimes, every now and again, using those very open and engaging questions with the youngest of children is you do find out those things that's, that may not have been uh, known beforehand. For example, yeah. uh, a year four child that, was, uh, that had a webcam in, in her bedroom and was recording herself uh, every evening getting in and out of bed in various states of undress. Nobody knew that. Parents didn't know about it, and the school didn't. Why wouldn't? Why would they know? But that yeah. was a very serious safeguarding or child protection concern, I should call it. But without that very open, engaging conversation, we would never have known about that. Yeah. You know, and we managed to get it resolved quite quickly. We managed to then further intervene, or the school would intervene with that child just to try uh, and get some you know, veer away from this risky behaviour, find out why it had been happening, whether there are other concerns sitting behind that. So it allowed, you know, interventions to go on, particularly with the parents um, as well. But without that type of talk, you would never have known about it. So that's why I said earlier, it's all this information back to the teachers, but it's also really good, relevant, realistic and simple information back to the children as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm drawn to um, the the phrases that we have as therapists of professional curiosity, and, and mm. but I, I'm actually thinking about this. Well, this is where we stand at the minute, isn't it? With messages, is don't talk to strangers online. And actually, what I'm hearing is this year four child wasn't doing that. So no. in in a way that um, year fours think, mm. I'm just thinking about cognitive and and well their, their ability to have abstract thinking, let alone anything else, mm. isn't actually as developed. Um, due to ages and so on, 
Um, because I'm not going to make this academic, I'm going to stick with that. There is something about this child is only doing what she thinks is okay because nobody had sat down and had the conversation and said, this this is not okay. And I I am going to mention something that is of academic relevance, but it's that IWF um, piece of research that found most of the images of children that they do find tend to be from laptops and uh, in the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that that one really took me by surprise. The, the, the sheer percentage, what was it, 92, 93% of the image were taken via webcam. It was huge. And I have to say that did take me by surprise. Yeah. That just goes to show the value of, of good research out there, really good, relevant research. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you. Um, I, I think that for too long, we've tried to get away with very simple messages to the younger children, such as don't talk to strangers. And whilst completely understandable, completely understandable messages, um, again, it can lead children into potentially risky and therefore potentially harmful situations. For example, at uh, uh, another primary school just a few months ago, it was a conversation with with year sixes. And um, although I wasn't talking about don't talk to strangers online, somehow the topic came up. And I think it was was something that was mentioned by, by one of the children. And one of the year six girls, she just said, well, I just tell people I'm 18. Uh, and I said, well, what, what do you mean by that? Because I couldn't mm-hmm. understand the context of, of what she was actually saying. And she said, well, I just tell people I'm 18. And I, I said, why? What, what, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, we keep getting told in school, and my mum and dad keep telling me, you know, don't talk to strangers because there are some really, really nasty people on the internet. And if they find out I'm a child, they want to do really bad things to me. So if anybody talks to me online, I just tell them I'm 18. Yeah. And you could see where she was coming from. You know, on logical. That, absolutely logical. I mean, that obviously, again, that required intervention with that one child in that one class. Yeah. All the other children were understanding the context of what the school were trying to tell them and what the parents, but the one child didn't. And in safeguarding, you know, that's what we're looking for is those very vulnerabilities of that type of thing. And you're not going to find out about those very vulnerabilities if you're just showing a cartoon or an animation. It's not going to happen. Absolutely. And, and, and I find um, when, when I actually take childhood and make it a very, very simple, so this is a very simple um, uh, reductionist view, um, children are told so many conflicting things, aren't they? So mm. don't talk to strangers, but if you get lost, go and find a stranger. Yeah. Don't talk to the policemen, but also we scare them with policemen that will take them away. And, and uh, you know, stand up. Um, right now you stood up, sit down, start talking for young children. Right now be quiet. And, yeah. and I just think this is, this is the difficulty of um, childhood. And all the way up to about the age of seven, there is this, and I'm going to use a computer metaphor now, that, that there is this understanding of the world that happens, mm. but they have to learn that bit by bit by bit. And I think yeah. that's what you're saying with the keep it simple messages. Yeah, yeah, don't uh, try and do too much. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I wonder if it would be more helpful if we had messages around when you're on the internet, talk to mummy and daddy about what you're doing or your carers, because obviously mm. not, not every child is um, with their their. Uh, family of origin or birth parents there is something that we can say about how we need to be talking to parents as well oh definitely but i, I think just quickly going back to the messages for, for a moment the the messages are understandable from an from an adult perspective you know as, as parents we want to keep our children as safe as possible so those types of messages are, are completely understandable from, from an adult's perspective 
from a, a, a teaching empowering perspective, it's the context of those messages that, that's important. So, mm -hmm. for example, you know, what, what kids by and large are trying to say across all age ranges is don't tell me to, not to talk to strangers because strangers are going to talk to me. So therefore, give me yeah. the strategies, give me the coping mechanisms, give me the knowledge to understand, you know, where there is a risky situation and, you know, what I do to it. Because that is the world of the Internet where everybody or half the planet is connected together. So the yes. world of Don't Talk to Strangers is, is, is going back many, many years. Mm -hmm. We've moved on from that. But also things like, you know, don't share personal information. Completely understandable message to be given. Um, but in this world it's not possible not to share personal information and so again an understandable message but again it's about the context it's about the appropriate sharing of personal or private information in an appropriate context or for, for legitimate purposes yeah. you know and again it's to say you know this is legitimate this is good use of it but actually this will be a bad use of it so you know it's examples around that yeah Absolutely. So I've just realised that we're, we're kind of coming up towards the end of um, the, the time that we've got for this this particular episode. We could go on, Kath. Uh, I know. So what I'm thinking is um, we're going to schedule another one in very soon. Um, so in the meantime, where, where can people find you? How do they contact you? Uh, obviously, I'll put notes in the uh, show notes and, and on wherever it is I'm uploading this to. But also, I'm going to let you give away your website after my um, dash um, epic fail the other week that I said instead of using the word hyphen <laughs> yeah I mean absolutely I mean people are more than welcome to contact me and um, I think we, we work in one of these areas where people will either like you they'll agree with you or they won't agree with you yeah. um, and I think that's important you know get somebody into school if you need somebody to come into school get somebody in that you think the, the, the students will be able to engage with. I, I think that's very, very important. Um, and that obviously depends on, you know, what you've been doing in school in the past, what impact you want to have in the future, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, so that's important. And the best way to find out whether you actually like me or not is, is to read that very magazine that you mentioned earlier, Kath, the, the Ditto magazine. It's free. It's it's all about you know myself, you, Kath. You know you you're a regular contributor, and, and a couple of others in there talking about our opinions. You know, and, yeah. and if you agree with those opinions, or or if if you want to find out more, then by all means, you know, invite uh, invite us in. And my website is um, www.esafety-advisor.com, and that's advisor with an e. I keep being asked why didn't yeah. I do it with an o as an advisor. That's very American. It's advisor er yes. um, yeah. with an e uh, uh, dot com. Uh, you can subscribe free to that magazine. By the way, it comes out every half term, uh, so every, every six weeks ish, uh, just after the half term. Um, coming up soon is Junior Ditto. So it's not adults with opinions. Yeah. It's children with opinions. Um, yeah. So children writing articles of their experiences and their thoughts for adults. That's the point behind it. So we can Absolutely. have a balance of what the things that they're, that they're talking about. So I'm really looking forward to that. They've had a few articles already sent through by, uh, by some schools and I'm really quite excited about some of the things they're talking about. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this is one of the best ways to do it. And I'm, I'm now considering actually, I think this is what I might need to do is, is interview some of the young people on the podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah, absolutely, balance their opinions. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for now, I'm going to thank you for your time, Alan. Um, obviously, we're going to continue chatting offline and, and through the magazine and um, we're, th there will be many, many more of these. So um, uh, another person that I speak to uh, in real life about these issues, they're going to be interviewed a lot. And obviously, I'm going to try and interview everybody from Ditto and we'll see who we can get, what topics, um, and we'll try and keep as up to date as possible and as regular as possible as well. Fabulous. So for today... Thank you for your time. Thank you, Catherine.